How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. High and inside. chin music. A little chin music. Take that hit for a ride. It's time for some chin music. Hey, um, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Being in better rhythm, what did you feel like went wrong for you in, in the seventh inning? I didn't have much left in the day. If it's my job to go out there and get outs, I got to get them. I, you know, it's on me. I got to make better pitches, um, you know, first two guys of the seventh i threw a lot of pitches to them i don't remember walk fly out maybe um but you know i mean the seventh was my inning i have to get the job done i didn't it doesn't matter how i'm feeling that was luke's giolito here back on inside the clubhouse talking about his start on tuesday night when he was left in the game gave up a home run and after hearing that he was out of gas after hearing lucas giolito say that he was out of gas we heard this from tony la Russa. I was confident he'd get the third out. You know, Lucas uh, just said he, he felt like he was didn't have much left in the tank that inning. Um, was there any indicators of, of that from, from your view or anything you were trying to uh, – you were noticing in him uh, as that inning went on? Um, is that what he said? Yeah, he said, uh, I didn't have much left in the tank. I asked him about the seventh. Well, and, that's, uh, and that's my fault for not recognizing because I looked at it, you know, he got – Walked the leadoff guy, which was like, wasn't good, and he gets two outs. Uh, at that point, like I said, I was confident he'd get the third out. That was Tony LaRusso Tuesday night, Bruce. And in our weekly segment, we are hoping to send a message, uh, the chin music, if you will, to, to someone after something happens during the week. And I guess the only thing that I would come out of that experience with is, you know, besides a broader conversation about our, our favorite hobby lately, second-guessing LaRusso, is that. The White Sox have to improve their, their communication in the dugout because if Tony LaRussa did not realize that Lucas Gelita was struggling or as fatigued as it turned out that he was, somebody's got to be in his ear or sitting right next to him, whether it's the pitching coach, the bench coach, or whoever it is. And I think that was the breakdown in communication because it's easy to look at and laugh at what LaRussa had to say afterwards. Oh, is that what he said? And, and those kinds of things that have happened throughout the week. But there's got to be a better situation in, in communicating with the manager because it's the second time in the first month that there has been a breakdown that has led to him staying with the pitcher longer than I think conventional wisdom says he should have stayed with him. 
Well, I uh, I asked the, this, that question the next day, and Larusa said that Katz had talked at length between innings, the sixth and the seventh, with a Giolito, and Giolito did not voice any opinion about uh, tiring or being ready to come out of that game. So there's a responsibility level on a young pitcher, no matter how uh, talented he is, and um, no matter what a great communicator he is, that if he's going to be a detriment to his own team going out there, he needs to let them know this is not 1965 and you go out there and you stay out there forever. Uh, this is the, the era of communication and letting people know that you're not ready to get people out. So there's a responsibility for the pitcher as much as there is for the coach, the pitching coach and the manager to identify it and get them out of there. Okay, but devil's advocate, Bruce. You're an athlete, you're a competitor, and you want these guys to go out with that mentality that you're not going to take me out of the game until you have to yank me off the mound. And that's a manager's responsibility, and I think that outweighs the the athlete's obligation to be honest about how he's feeling. Nobody's going to admit that they're tired. That's, that's just not unrealistic to expect, especially a guy that has no-hit stuff more times than not. And I just think then, that— Then don't say it. Don't say it in the post-game. Okay. All right. So, you know, you, is yeah, that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I guess, you know, I guess that's you a know, fair response. I mean, because... take, take the responsibility. If you're taking the responsibility on the mound and you're waiting for the manager to do it, that, you're right. That's his responsibility to get him out of there. Pitching coach, his responsibility is to tell Larusa, yeah, you know what? Um, he, he's starting to weaken, even though it's a two to one game. We got the lead. Um, it's, it's time to get him out of there. Uh, you know, if anything, we've, we've come to understand that Lucas Giolito is a horse. Lucas Giolito uh, can pitch and pitch deep into games. That's the difference between an ace and a two and a three. So yeah. these are things that Larusa and uh, and Katz, first-year manager and coach, first time with this group, are learning on the fly. And we all Bruce. got to witness it ourselves. With all due respect, though, you've got a Hall of Fame manager. I don't want to hear about how he's adjusting and adapting to his new team because that's why he's here. Why not? He's in the Hall of Fame. So so what? Yes. He's still seeing these guys for the first time. But, but you have to save in competition. These, save the aces from them themselves. Save he's, the great he's athletes. He's making mistakes. He's right. learning on the fly. He was not an organization man. Had nothing to do with the White Sox organization. Cats had nothing to do with the White Sox organization other than conversations with Giolito. You are learning. I mean, you, you see Cody Hoyer. They've learned about him. He comes in for an inning. He's dominant. When they, when they sit him down and bring him back for that second inning, uh, three out of four times, he hasn't had anything. And, and they've learned that. There's only one way to learn that, right? And that right. is experience. So, um, you know the Larusa dunk tank is great. Uh, he's lost. He's he's now lost. He's now lost two games for the White Sox in the month of April. Those are those are Tony Larusa losses, and among those uh, fourteen wins, he hasn't won any. Is that, isn't right. that unbelievable? It is, is unbelievable, he, Bruce. He, it's, he, he has not point. won one game. That's a fair point, but before I let go of, of your pant leg here, I'm going to a little bit longer. <laughs> Listen, I, I think that the, the second guessing of the pitching moves 
is natural because whether it's Matt Foster earlier in the year in Seattle or the other night with Lucas Giolito, I think, I think one thing Tony has done is he has understood and even accepted that responsibility, which is accountability you like to see from a manager, and you would expect, frankly. Last night, the latest, I think, uh, example in our, in our growing citywide hobby of second-guessing La Russa, you may refer to it as a dunk tank, and everybody's taking their shots. Lurie Garcia pinch hitting for Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn comes into the game 9 for 22. Uh, he, he kind starting to get it, and yet it, they're Not in, in the ninth game. inning. Well, no, but isn't that a situation where you see, even though it's a right-hander on the mound, you'd like to All see right. a rookie in so that what's situation? So what's the score of that game, David, when, uh, when he makes that move? I think it was 5 to 3. Was that the case? Yeah. yeah. So they have, a, they have a man on first, right? Right. Okay, so what are you trying to do? You have a left-hander with some speed. Are you? What are you trying to stay away from? The double play, strikeout, and double play, right? Well, or you want the two-run homer to tie it, or or you got a guy with some speed that can get on base because you need you need two runs to to win that game to tie that game and get it into extra innings. <laughs> so your 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 perspective is valid. He might hit one out of the ballpark. Uh, Garcia has been hot. He he actually won two games the day before, right? That's uh, true. Big hit. That's true. So, That's a good counter, so, Bruce. So you're, you, so you're using speed. You're using uh, lefty versus righty, a guy that throws 101 miles an hour. True. Uh, you need to be able to make contact. So I think, it, I think it's great that people go after Tony La Russa and that keep him accountable. I think uh, Tony La Russa would expect nothing less. Um the fact that he's 0-2 and hasn't had anything to do with the 14 wins is is fascinating to me. Where 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 has he been for those 14 wins? I just I have no idea. He must have been uh, changing uniforms or he must have been missing in action during those wins. I get it, but he, you have to acknowledge that there there has been some really strange lineup decisions I and in game decisions that you didn't expect from a guy as experienced as a Hall of Famer. He's here because of his experience, and these are these are I, opinions that are formed on on second guessing that these decisions have been odd. Some of them very unorthodox. I think it's the greatest thing ever happened for uh, our station and talk radio. Tony Larusa <laughs> coming back at age seventy six. And being questioned about uh, being uh, falling asleep and losing games, I think it's it's fantastic, and uh, we're getting a lot of mileage out of it. I think the fans are enjoying the uh, up yeah. and back as well. Uh, the expectations are high. The scrutiny is going to be intense. That goes with the territory. He's going to win he... one game this year. I guarantee it. <laughs> okay. uh, he's going to be he's going to be a part of. Uh, uh, he's going to be one of his decisions is going to eventually lead to a victory this year. I guarantee that. Maybe that will be today. Maybe when Lance Lynn returns to the mound for the White Sox, we'll give Tony La Russa credit for leaving him in the game or taking him out at just the right time. Plenty of opinions out there. 312-644-6767. You can share yours. Let's go out to Paul, who was in Valparaiso with some White Sox thoughts. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, my original point was on the uh, the surprises you got Mercedes and uh, – in uh, Rodon, I mean, the, totally out of the blue. Obviously, Mercedes especially, but Rodon non-tendered and comes back and is pitcher of the month, Mercedes player of the month. I would. My question would be, don't you think the Sox should be more than 14 and 11? And, and Bruce, in regards to La Russa, I mean, you know that that was the score narrative from everybody but you. If anything went wrong, it was going to be La Russa's fault. It's not the player's fault. It's not Rick Hahn's fault. God mm-hmm. forbid it's not Ryan Thor's fault. 
It's definitely LaRusso's fault, and, and that's it, been a narrative that starts from the morning show all the way down. Everybody on the it, station but it's, has it's, that narrative. But it's good. Paul, it's good, isn't it? Because cause there is a difference of opinion on the station, and there are there are people that uh, don't follow the, the, uh, the whole group. There's people that have strong opinions both ways. I think, that, I think that's fantastic, don't you? Paul, I think oh. we lost, but I think that it, it goes without he saying. Did, he doesn't though. get my point any more than anyone else does. I get your point, Bruce. I think it's a valid <laughs> one, and, and that's baseball. We're going to have two sides to every argument, and typically there are, as you point out, you know, there, there's the side of going with Louis Garcia last night over Andrew Vaughn. Uh, it's easy to say, stay with Andrew Vaughn. I tend to become over-infatuated with prospects. I like, you know, Nico Horner and Andrew Vaughn and seeing that potential. I'd like to see them given the opportunity. You're trying but to win a ball game. I, I, We're not trying to get potential. I know, but he's you're, hot. You're he came to 9 win. for 22. I'm doing the numbers. And Louis Garcia's he, got he, he, a 462 he, he was not, OPS. He was not seeing the ball at all against one of the better pitchers in the game. You got a closer in there throwing 101. Who do you want? The experienced left-handed hitter that can get you a base hit, keep you out of the double play, or the guy that you hope runs into one that's having a tough evening? Fair enough. All right, so let me get to this point. You you talked earlier about, and it, it's, a, it's also it's understandable that there would be communication gaps between, you know, the you manager you and me. And, no, <laughs> there better not be Bruce. Come on, uh, am I the Ethan Cassidy or Tony Larusa? I don't know. Um, so, how does that improve? Will that improve? And, and do you feel like it has been, you know, somewhat clunky at times? Because I think that, yeah, in I fairness, it, it's got to get better. I agree with that. And and again, nobody wants to hear it. Like player development, we talk about it ad nauseum, don't we? I, I yeah. do, especially. Uh, you know, people, I get I get uh, emails and I get uh, tweets, you know, people telling me, uh, you know, stop with the player development. These guys are big league players. They have to perform up to that level or they should go to the minor leagues. No, uh, could not uh, could not disagree more. There is player development going on. And as you pointed out, wouldn't that have been a great uh, moment for Vaughn to get player development and stay in that game and maybe hit a home run? But... There's also development for a manager and a coach coming from other organizations or no organizations using that personnel for the first time. Spring training doesn't count. There's nothing on the line in spring training. There's no adrenaline going in spring training. They are learning on the fly. So let's see how May and June go for Cats and Larusa, with the White Sox a, a game and a half out right right now in the fifth best uh, uh record in the American League after one month of the season. Let's see how it works from here. Bruce, how do you feel that Tony LaRusso has internalized the first month? You're there after every game. You're there before every game. You, you, it's limited the access that we have. We understand the realities and the reasons why. But as you sort of know LaRusso better than anybody who's covering this team remotely, how do you think he has responded just – in, in reacclimating himself to the day-to-day grind of being a manager? I think, well, first of all, from the media perspective, he's answered all the questions and has been, uh, and, and has really self-analyzed his situation a lot, okay? There's been very few overreactions of emotion. Uh, there's been a couple times where uh, he reminded a reporter to pay attention to what had occurred in the previous inning where Hoyer had struck out three guys in a row and then Hoyer wasn't good 
coming in in the next inning. You know, so that was the the game that uh, was was blown. You know, at that point. But from from the perspective of uh, handling the players and uh, getting a full out effort from everybody, uh, nobody falling asleep at the wheel. Uh, I, I think he's done well. Uh, I think this is. I don't think anybody is excited about the fact that the bullpen started clunky, that the defense was clunky uh, for the first 10 or 12 games. But uh, from the perspective of effort and uh, getting the most out of these guys, I think great. And, and you know, uh, give Rick Hahn and, and Kenny Williams and LaRusso and the coaching staff a tremendous amount of credit for identifying uh, the Yerminator uh, to even be on the roster, okay? And, yep. and to implement him from the very beginning. So, uh, again, you know, you, want to, you can look at uh, everything two ways and be right about it. I think that's what the great thing about what we do on this show is that we give uh, people difference of opinion, and you and I uh, rarely agree on anything except what to order for breakfast, and, and that's about it. And it's, and it's great fun because in baseball and in sports, if you uh, – do your homework. Uh, you can argue any point and, and be right. I'll have the omelet, but the fruit instead of the hash browns. And we'll go to 312-644-6767. Joshua joins us here on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Joshua. Hey, good morning. I have a question for Bruce. How can you seriously say that Tony LaRusso was trying to win that game by taking out Andrew Vaughn for Lurie Garcia? Lurie Garcia is a career 255 hitter, and his career – OPS plus is like 73. He's 27% at worst in the league's average offensive Who's gonna, player. Let me, uh, good point. Who's Thanks, got Joshua. a better chance to make oh, – stay there. Who's got a better chance there? to make contact off of the off of the pitcher throw at 101? Vaughn or the veteran Garcia, who's batting left-handed against the right-hander? Why do you say Andrew that? Based on, Garcia what, where are your numbers, where are your numbers on that? It's the back of his baseball card. There is no back of his baseball card. He's a rookie. He doesn't have one yet. <laughs> Tops, has, Tops doesn't know how to spell his name yet. As Jimmy Pearsall used to say, thanks for the call. <laughs> thanks, Joshua. Appreciate it. But, Bruce, okay. And, again, you're not, you're not developing players when you're chasing a pennant. But at the same time, if Andrew Vaughn is on your roster, there's only one reason why Andrew Vaughn is it in a major league uniform and it's not because of the way he plays left field it's because of his bat and his bat was getting hot nine for 22 entering friday night and then when a big moment you're trying in the to inning, win that game david let him you're win trying it. to win that game he's not seeing the ball well in that game you got a guy that had two hits to win two games the night before he's left-handed against a right-hander he's going to stay out of the double play Come on, let's go. Oh, yeah, I Smell want the, the waffles coffee. too. I want the waffles too now. I'm gonna have the waffles. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a. Uh, I'm gonna have a side of uh, sliced bananas. Thank you. I need some nourishment for this argument. Okay, Bruce. So, when we come back, we have plenty of White Sox talk to to get to as well. But we also, you know, we talk about Andrew Vaughn, and, and in all seriousness, his development is key to this season. And one guy who has dealt with him a lot at spring training. Um, and also just at keeping an eye in his role as a special assistant is Jim Tomey, a Hall of Fame perspective on the White Sox young hitter, on the White Sox in general. We'll have that when we come back here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast there's nothing like south side pride welcome back to inside the clubhouse here at chicago sports radio 670 to score i am david haw with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock, just as we are 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball. That was the voice of Jim Tomey. We're hoping to hook up, connect with uh, Tomey here in a few minutes. And, Bruce, the White Sox, uh, they're back in action today. Lance Lynn back on the mound. And uh, it'd be nice to see him have an outing that removes some questions about his health after the trapezius issue. It'd be a big start for him to kind of uh, assure people he's going to be okay. It is. And, you know, one of the nice stories for the White Sox, the very nice stories, has been the starting pitching. Starting pitching has been outstanding. And then you put the cherry on top by having Dylan Cease throw those six wonderful innings the other day uh, after really struggling the first part of the month. And you can kind of envision uh, with any any sense of luck health-wise – what this White Sox starting rotation might be like the next five months. That's why the expectations are so high for the White Sox. And regarding those expectations in this first month of the season, let's go out to the Alpamani Nissan and Melrose Park hotline where we find Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey is the Hall of Famer who is a special 
uh, assistant to the front office, also a contributor to MLB TV. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Thanks for uh, joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. How's everything? It's going well. The uh, it's been an eventful Good. first month of the season for the White Sox. Fourteen and eleven in second place, Jim. What has stood out to you about the first month of the season for a team that entered the the year with legitimate World Series aspirations? Well, there's there's so many things. Obviously, the expectations. You leave spring training. You know, you get into the first month. Obviously, April. You know, you never really know what you're going to deal with weather wise. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I worked last week at the network and one of the things I brought up about our ball club was that how long term I feel like this team is built to win. You look at our bullpen, you look at our starting pitching, you know, you look at, you know, and, and I mean, nobody really talks a lot about it, but our offense is like number one in a lot of the offensive categories in baseball. And I think you being around spring training, you know, being around Frank Manichino and, you know, and just watching how these kids have worked. It's, it's, I think to be truthfully honest, I think the best has come is yet to come with our ball, with our ball club. It's a, it's an exciting young group and uh, we're looking forward to, to having this year continue to see how everyone progresses. Jimmy, uh, great uh, to have you on. Thanks for taking some time out Thank today. You. Uh, Bruce. You know, the yesterday, Jim, you know, you, you had that that player development game-winning tussle that a that a manager has in his mind when uh, you have the ninth inning, you're down two runs, you got a man on base, you got Vaughn up who kind of struggled during that game but is your future and is looks like a great young hitter of the future. And the and the the, the tussle and what we're talking about today a little bit is uh, that that moment for Vaughn to stand up and the and the manager also saying, yeah, this is a moment where I need to get a left-handed hitter in there, uh, get more contact, and uh, not be player development, but uh, in the in the mode of trying to win this game. Uh, how does that thinking go? And for for a guy that had those moments when he was a young player, yeah. how does that work mentally for the player? Well, I know this. We've got a manager that's done this for a long, long time. And he's, first of all, what a joy and a pleasure it has been to be around him and learn and just listen to, you know, to be honest, an iconic manager that's managed in this, in this game a long time. So the moves that Tony has made, there's always, there's always a purpose behind everything. And, and as far as young development, look, like, you know, I remember, I remember being in Cleveland and, you know, there'd be days that Hargrove would pinch hit for me late in the game and also sit me against tough left-handers. So, you know, there's that side of it where the player, the young player, uh, you know, you want to pick your spots. You want to, you know, you want to, you want to give him opportunities to succeed. And also, and also at the end of the day, you know, give him an opportunity to get some at bats as well. And I think, I think, look, you know, with Vaughn especially, we we consider him so he's so highly regarded offensively and what he's done in left field. I think he's, you know, think about it, guys. Like he's learning left field and also learning how to hit at the major league level. So, you know, the upside for this kid is is very high. 
And, uh, you know, what the moves and the stuff that Tony does, I think is everything happens for a reason, you know, at the moment and long term. Joined by Hall of Famer Jim Tomey here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Jim, you did your research. You know your numbers. The Sox lead the majors in, in batting average, 265, and on base percentage. These are quality of bats we're watching, and I think nobody reflects that more uh, than your mean Mercedes, and I don't know that I expected yes. to say that after the first month of the season. How would you describe his evolution and just how surprised you are to see him doing what he's doing at the plate? Well, first of all, this kid worked extremely hard in spring training. I mean, you know, the extra work that he put in uh, with Frank and Howie in the cage and, you know, the time that he and, – and look, do we ever know that someone's going to have a start like this? You know, opportunities present themselves. You know, look, Eloy goes down, you know, and this kid gets an opportunity – and he's totally making the best of it. This is like what you root for as an organization. You see a kid that you think has a lot of potential. I mean, how would you have ever imagined this kid would start out the season eight for eight and what he's done in April? It just it didn't stop after that. You know, working with him around the cage and watching him, he's got two, you know, I call it phase one, phase two. You got a phase one approach. You're ahead in the count. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna attack the fastball, and then there's a phase two approach of two strikes. And if you watch him, he kind of no strides. He spreads out. He no strides, and and he puts the ball in play. You know, it's a a lot of a lot of young players should watch his approach and kind of follow. Look, look, and 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 attack you know, each at bat how he does because, A, it's been successful for him, and also, you know, it's been successful for our ball club to where he's really got some big hits. You know, Jim, uh, and Jim, Jim Tomey, our guest, and inside the clubhouse for a few more minutes, you know, watching the game for as long as I have, <clears throat> you you get a, a view, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you get a view of a player, of a hitter and a pitcher. And watching you for all those years, uh, particularly point that, that bat right before the, the swing, Yeah. pitchers knew that you were in charge of that batter's box and they better be in charge of that mound. You get that same type of feeling when you look at, at uh, your mean that he is in charge and he's going to make contact on you no matter what. I know it sounds simplistic, and it can't be that easy, especially after 10 years in independent ball in the minor leagues, but don't you get that sense that he feels he's controlling the, the situation as it un, unfolds? 100%, Bruce. He, he gets in that box, and he's ready to go. He's not in there to just push the ball to the right side. As I said, he's got a couple different approaches. He's ready to hit. The kid, he has power. Obviously, the home runs that he's hit for the distance that he's hit him, you know, he's got that inside there to do it. Now, again, the impressive thing is the two-strike approach. I remember, it's funny you say that about controlling the batter's box. When, when I was with Charlie Manuel, and, and Bruce, you've been around Charlie. You know Charlie. One of the things he taught us, is when you leave that on deck circle, yes, the pitcher has the baseball, 
but I control everything or try to try to at least think that, that you're going to control the batter's box. And my, my thought was always to get on the plate. I wanted to dictate the strike zone. I wanted to cut the area down as little as possible for him to throw strikes and hope he missed, you know, and have a game plan and going in, know what the velocity of the pitcher has, you know, today, let's face it, they throw between 94 and a hundred, a lot of them, and you've got to be ready to hit. And Yerm, Yerm has definitely done that. He's, you know, he has this little, it's a look. And I think that's what you're describing when he's in that box, he is ready to go. And I, I smile because I know the work this kid put in and, and I, the baseball gods will always reward those who put the time in and, and give back to the game. And that's what you're seeing. Jim, with your trained eyes, when you're watching Yasmani Grandal struggle to the extent that he has, I think you, your experience probably says, okay, he's not going to uh, hit like this all year. He's going to break out of it. Major League hitters are, are trained to be patient and wait. But the rest of us are like, okay, what's wrong with him? What is wrong with him? And, and why do you think he's off to a slow start? And have you seen anything that suggests that this is going to end anytime soon? So, so, you know, you, you know, and look, you're talking to a guy that struggled in April for years and years. I always had a, t- a hard time getting out of the gate and, and starting out the way you want to. But I think you look at, you got to look at history. You got to look at the baseball card. You got to look what this guy's doing in the dynamic of the clubhouse, the leadership, you know, just him being him. I, Personally, I don't worry about Yaz's hitting because he's he's got the power. Uh, he switch hits, you know. So that that part, it's look, look. It's just a matter of when you he'll square a ball up here, you know, in the next week, couple days, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, and what'll happen? And I remember this a long playing a long time. There's one ball you're going to square up and you're going to go. I found it, you know. Until then. <clears throat> you trust that you're going to put the time in and excuse me, you're going to put the time in, in the cage. You're going to do all your work. And when that day comes, you look up and you're, and you're going forward in a positive direction. I, and I look, look, this is a, this is a guy that's a, a tremendous catcher and, and, and is a leader in that clubhouse. And he will, he will, you know, he'll get out of it and come, you know, and, and go upward here shortly. Jim, uh, I'm going to impose on you to ask uh, to uh, to tell us the Dave Kingman story for our listeners, which is worth repeating many times. And that is, you talk <laughs> about a young guy envisioning being a ball player and a superstar coming from central Illinois with his family to a ball yeah. game to see his idol. And then you becoming not only is good, but better than that guy that you envision being the best home run hitter in the world. Tell us, tell us that story with you and your family that day. So I was, I was a young kid, dad, we loved watching the Cubs. The Cubs were on WGN. So dad and I, and I look, look, Dave Kingman hit these long towering home runs. And, you know, I think I would come home every day and say to dad, Hey, did Kingman hit a homer? So one day we were traveling, we, you know, we got in the car from Peoria, drove to Chicago, 
and got to the ballpark early, and I watched Kingman walk by. I don't, yeah, you know, I think I was nine or ten years old, uh, and wanted his autograph. And I don't know if he heard me or not, but I didn't know that as a nine or ten year old. And and then he went around. So I, he was in the dugout. Well, I went to, you know, I didn't know. I jumped down and wanted his autograph. But by that time, you know, they were actually taking me back to my dad <laughs> out of the dugout. And, uh, you know, my dad was there. He looked up like, where's Jim? And then all of a sudden, here I am being brought back up to my father. But it, it, it was a great story because for many reasons, I was naive. I didn't know you couldn't go get the autograph. And, <laughs> and you know, obviously, obviously, Kingman. Kingman was my idol. And, and I look, look, what the story tells, Bruce, is mm-hmm. – there's kids all out throughout the you know our, our city here that love these players. And when you're a player, and and I know with the pandemic, I know a lot of these kids haven't been able to get close. But what I appreciate from our guys and the guys like you know Tim Anderson, Abreu, you know even the Mike Trout's of the world, you will see them give back to the fans, and that's. I, it was kind of a learning lesson for me to when I did play that, you know, Hey, you know, like it is a kid's game. I'm around it right now, guys, with my son, you know, my son is 13. He's enjoying youth baseball. And I see the love these kids have for our great game. And if we as ambassadors or we in the game of baseball can give back to kids, it's all a positive thing. So that that's funny that story is kind of funny because, you know, I didn't know you couldn't go in the dugout. I, I know now. <laughs> Barry Foote told uh, you, right? It, wasn't he? Wasn't Barry yes, Foote the, yes, the yes, Cubs yes, player? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it, I think it, it's it a was, great story, you know, Jim, because it shows the passion that you had and, and what you're pointing out about young kids is that I'm going to the game. I'm getting Kingman's autograph. He's my favorite player. Yes. And that's it. It shows the single-mindedness. And stopping me. <laughs> exactly. That's how you hit 609 home runs, okay? Uh, and uh, be- before we let you go, David, I'm going to interrupt one yeah, more time. Sure. I took my daughter to the All-Star Game in Colorado in 1997, okay? Um, and Jim Tomey uh, hit a ball 600 feet. <laughs> and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but those balls... Were they experimental balls that day? Regardless, I had never seen a ball hit further than that in my entire life. Tell us about that experience that day. Oh, well, that was, I mean, that was the home run derby. And obviously, you know, you hear about Colorado, the air, the ball travels. Why, Bruce, I had played in Colorado Springs, so I I experienced it, and it you know, when you're a young player, look, look, I wasn't a young, young player then, but I was, I had the opportunity to play in the all-star game and was able to hit in the home run derby. And it was, it was a moment, it's moments like that, that you reflect back on and you, you, you smile, you think, gosh, you know, I was in that opportunity and, and a few others to hit in the home run derby And yeah, I mean, you want to do well, you want to do well for your organization. You want to do well for your family. 
and you want to do well for your pride at the end of the day. So that, and, and this is the honest truth. I still get people that come up to me and will say, oh man, I love that home run derby in Colorado and the balls you were hitting where they were landing. It, it was just, it was so much fun. That's, that's the memories that we all get playing the game that never really go away. You know, when 600 guys feet, like you bring them up, yeah, feet. when you bring them up to us, <laughs> it, we reflect back, and that's what's cool about it. That's great, yeah. Jim. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Keep up the great work with the Sox and MLB. Thanks, Jimmy, guys. Thanks so Always much. Always a pleasure to be yeah. on. All right. Thank Jim you. Jim Tomey, the Hall of Famer. With uh, with a great perspective, a great story, a couple great stories there, Bruce. Great to talk to Jim Tomey. Absolutely. And we will wrap things up here on Inside the Clubhouse. More Sox thoughts, more thoughts around the league. Did you see what happened to the Washington Nationals yesterday? A couple ex-Cubs involved in their outcome here. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. 0-1 oh to Schwarber, and Schwarber sends one high and deep to right center field, and that is going to do it. A walk-off home run for Kyle Schwarber. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw here for a final segment. That was Kyle Schwarber with a walk-off home run for the Washington Nationals. Thank you to Bally Sports Florida for the highlight. John Lester started that game, Bruce. Kyle Schwarber finishes it with a walk-off homer, just his second of the season, but both have been game-winning home runs for the Cubs, the former Cubs legend. Is that too strong? But he's, he's he won the game for the no, no, there's legend Cubs there. legend uh, in John Lester. Yeah. A lot of irony out in Washington. Oh, yeah, tremendous amount. Uh, you know, Lester uh, threw five really good innings. It was his first start of the year, you know, through shutout ball, you know, Congrats to him. Uh, do, do you still think they should have paid him $5 million to bring him back? Uh, do, you, do you think they should have not after one month? It's kind of a wash numbers-wise between uh, Schwarber and uh, Jack Peterson. Uh, guess why? We, that's why we played the next five, right, David? I guess, uh, but it feels if... like Jack Peterson has struggled more than that. There haven't been two highlight moments even for for him and I know I know it's it's revisiting it it's it's opening an old wound I'm sorry but the offseason was a painful one and okay but yeah it's fun to see Schwab succeed he has not done much of that in Washington he's only hitting 206 and as you said two home runs five runs batted in he needs to get going for them but it was a fun highlight on the same night that Hugh Darvish by the way for the Padres struck out 12. Well, you know, it's interesting, the concept of uh, what the Cubs are doing and what they could be doing, uh, that's, that's for the fans to decide. I, I still think that uh, moving forward, um, we, we have still not seen what the Chicago Cub team will look like by the end of the year. I think that there's a transformation waiting to happen, and it's probably going to be sometime between June and uh, August 1st when the trading deadline hits. You're going to see some some people move. You got 12, uh, 12 guys that can be free agents on this team. Um, some of them will not be there on August 1st. Back at it today with the Cubs. Pre-game here on the score, 235. They play the Reds with Zach Davies on the mound, the guy who was at the center of the, that Darvish trade uh, for the Cubs. And the White Sox, Lance Lynn back in action. That's nice to see. They are 14-11 and 11 as they take the mound today. Bruce, we have a lot of people to thank before we get uh, out of here for the draft show with Mully, 
with Mark Grody, with Jeff and Tom until 2 o'clock here on The Score. It's a big day uh, for football, but we had a lot of fun talking baseball. Thank you to our guests. We had a fun show, Bruce. We did, and Adam Stadzinski, our great producer, thank you. Jim Comey, the Hall of Famer. Ryan Sandberg, the Hall of Famer. You are great Chicago baseball fans. We can't do it without you every week. Follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com where I write Cubs and Sox baseball every day. David, have a great week. Enjoy your brunch, Bruce. I know it'll be something different than I'm eating. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.